Hello, it's James Erskine here, presenter of the Rocket Fuel podcast. I also work for the business that is Rocket. I've also worked in and around the world of radio pretty much all of my career. And Global Radio, formerly Capital, has always been a big part of that. Now, Global Radio now owns some of the world's biggest radio brands. I've already mentioned Capital, they own Heart, they own Gold, they own LBC, many, many more. They're pretty huge. And I'll be honest, about four years ago, when somebody I knew at Global approached me to be on the industry board, a sort of collective of people that helps Global and this particular new Global venture, I thought the Global Academy would be nothing more than a cynical corporate CSR exercise. And do you know what? I was completely wrong. The first time I went to the Global Academy, I was blown away by the commitment that Global has to helping 14 to 18 year olds join the media, entertainment, digital, audio industries. If you go to Global Academy, they produce some of the best candidates. And what I wanted to do, partly, to talk about the Global Academy, but partly to talk about education and how important that is to young people, I thought we would get the principal, the head man of the Global Academy on the Rocket Fuel podcast. As I've already said, I do have an interest. I am on their industry board, but John T. Archibald has been at the Global Academy for the last few years. He's a great conversationalist. He talks about the role that the Global Academy plays, the role that education plays. In full disclosure, this was recorded probably about three or four weeks ago, so we were a little bit more locked down than we are now, and some of that is reflected in our conversation. But have a listen as we discuss with John T. Archibald from the Global Academy, a little bit about him, a little bit about the Global Academy, and then we ask John T. Archibald from the Global Academy for his rocket fuel. John T, first of all, thank you so much for doing this. No, thank you, James. Thanks for inviting me on. Um, John T, let's start at the very beginning. Bring to life your journey. How have you ended up as, before we go into the depths of the Global Academy, how have you ended up at the Global Academy yourself? Well, um, I suppose as a head teacher, uh, my journey has been slightly um, uh, different in the sense of, you know, when I was at school, I probably I wasn't very engaged in, in learning. Um, I didn't really enjoy school very much. And it was only really until I, I started studying kind of art courses and creative courses that I found my niche. Um, so I, I did a, a fine art degree. Um, part of that degree was, and I think this was, probably quite influential that I went to Rhode Island School of Art and Design in in, um, in America. I think that was influential to sort of see how how they kind of their their view on art. Um, so I did that. I, I came back, I did a postgraduate certificate in education, so teach training, but I didn't go into teaching. I, I felt it wasn't right at the time. So I worked for a fashion company for three years. So again, I've got a kind of vocational background, so I work for fashion. Um, and then I eventually went into teaching as an art teacher. And I suppose just sort of grew my experience. Um, always felt like I, I probably wanted to be a leader rather than um, just, uh, you know, um, I wanted to be sort of giving my views on, on education rather than just sort of following. 
Um, yeah, so I've done various jobs um, in, in senior leadership within a, a range of, and it all seems, I all seem to go into new startup schools or schools that are, are slightly different. Um, what do you think that says about you? Are you keen to be on at the ground, in at the ground floor? I think so. I, I think that's, I don't, I don't do looking for it. But I think it just happens. I, I quite like that things that are different. Um, something where you can do something a little bit different. You know, I, I was at a, in a brand new, uh, the first academy um, in London. So purpose built, state of the art, all those sort of things. Um, what, what is very similar is my view on what I think are, are the core of, of education. Um, but the other thing is I've also worked for the Arts Council. I took a break from teaching. So I've been outside and I worked for the Arts Council and I was really influenced by people like Ken Robinson, you know, that kind of the, the, the sort of business ideas that you can bring into art and creativity is the key to all aspects of, of, of what we do. So whether it's education, business, um, you know, you should bring it, you should always bring creativity into whatever you do. Do you think getting outside experience, and we'll come on to the Global Academy, but yeah. do you think it's made you a better, a better teacher, a better understand, have better understanding of what motivates people? I think so. I, I think so because I've I've seen it from both sides. I've seen I've seen things like so when I worked for the Arts Council, I saw what it was like when you know projects were kind of trying to be delivered in an educational environment, and where the pitfalls were, how the how your kind of um, your, your your people in industry didn't understand education, and then and then likewise. So I was quite good at brokering that, um, and and also you know I, I you know I've been a head teacher now for in various guises and for about maybe fifteen years something like that. So I've seen you know I've I've seen what it's like in different in, environments. And I think that's good. So I've you know I've been in. Um, you know, your mainstream, what you'd say, um, you know, standard secondary schools to, you know, something like Global Academy to academies. And I've also um, with local authorities. So, yeah, I, I think it has helped. Um, let's focus. Let's get to know you and, and how you are in the workplace. How are you as a manager? And then how do you like to be managed? Um, well, it's interesting. I, what I've always, what my proudest moments is when I, you know, people that have been in my team have then become head teachers. And I like to think that I've, I've managed people to get to where they want to be. And I think that's what I would, would hope I'm good at, um, managing them. And I think managing is very different to sort of um, being a coach. So I, I'm quite, I would say, um, not as, I'm not, on top of everything, on top of everyone all the time. I like to give people some room. And, and actually, I like that for myself. I like to be, I like to be managed. Um, I like clear kind of vision and clear direction. And I hope that I give have that you, the Have you ever had a mentor? Have you ever mentored anybody? Yeah, yeah. Um, as I say, you know, my you know, sort of deputy heads, things like that, um, I would say that I'm, I'm mental to them. I'm also a governor uh, of a school, uh, been a governor of a school, so I've maybe mentored the, the head teachers in those schools. Um, what's interesting now working at Global, where you're working with industry, 
I think I've learned a lot from, you know, people that work in the industry, people that are involved on my governing body who, who work in the media industry, you know, my chair of governors, things like that. Um, and I still stay in contact with, with other head teachers. I think it's really important that you, I, I, that you get the view of many people. I mean, we'll probably come on to the current situation in a moment, but uh, you know, it, it's really good to make sure, and I'm really happy for people to, to, to tell me where I'm, you know, maybe going wrong or, or take direction. In, in the workplace, what would you say you're known for? <laughs> um, I, I would say I'm, I'm known for being hands-on, being very um, a presence. Uh, and schools, it's really important, I think, as a principal or head teacher, that you are not hidden away. And, you know, my last school um, had, had had a terrible offstairs and things like that, and I was put in place to kind of take it out of special measures. And I think I, I led that by being present, giving direction, being approachable. I think that's probably what I'm known for, in the sense I'm, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm good at those sort of things. And are you any good at switching off? Are you checking your, no. your emails when you're on holiday? <laughs> no, I'm Go terrible. On, bring that to the... <laughs> no, I'm, I'm terrible. I'm terrible at that. Um, I think, and it's, it's, really, it's really easy now, isn't it, to, to get everything on multi-devices. I, I try not to, and I think I tried my, my, my staff to say, look, I don't expect you to be responding to emails over the weekends and things and that. Um, and I try and tell parents that because as we as we've opened up, um, I mean, if you go back a few years, I mean, parents would not ever have emailed a member of staff, but now it's quite common for that yeah. um, that dialogue, especially under the current circumstances. So I I sort of say to people, you know, please don't um, respond to emails and and switch off, have some time. But I'm probably bad at doing it myself. And what qualities do you think make a good teacher? Is there a commonality that you look for in the people around you at the Global Academy? Um, I think the commonality has got to be that passion for educating the lives of every child. You know, it is that every child matters. Um, that's the quality I look for. At Global Academy, it's far more, in a sense, those, those basic there's basic things about you are transforming lives. You had, you do have an impact, but also it's about, well, we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, we're going to bring creativity into all aspects of our work. Um, the, 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 the vision of the school is around that hands-on learning, um, leading to a, a, a career in the, the creative media industries. So I, I, I would expect, you know, staff in all areas of the school, to, to be passionate about that. Section two is where we find out all about our guests' business or, or role. And I'm still here with John C. John C. Archibald, who's the principal of the Global Academy. John C., for the benefit of the listener, why don't we bring to life what the Global Academy is? So, first of all, how old are the kids and what are the things that they do at the Global Academy? Okay, so Global Academy is a, a UTC, which is a university technology college. Um, so very different from a, a sort of mainstream school in the sense that we take students from years 10 up to year 13. So 14 to 19 are our age groups. So students come in after year nine to year 10. Uh, what, is, what difference is it? It's, its focus is 
in the creative and digital media. Um, and it's a careers uh, industry-led um, organization. Saying that what's different what's, and similar is that we expect students in year 10s to do their core subjects, maths, English, science, um, some op um, option subjects that, that complement those. So we run art, um, drama, um, computer science, electronics. And then we run the University Arts London qualification level two in digital media. And we, we run, and that's very different for lots of schools because that's normally a post 16 qualification. So we run it pre 16 and students have the, the ability to learn um, the aspects of digital, audio, and visual, and start to get that sort of work experience opportunities within the industry, um, have access to um, industry people coming in. I mean, the fact that, you know, we've, we've hooked up with you, James, and your organization, one of the partners that we work with. So yeah, so I'm on your industry advisory uh, kind of group of people that talk about yeah the, the digital marketing digital creativity and that's another differentiator isn't it the fact that yeah. you've got people as well as from your owners global media you have people from agencies from brands and a, a proliferation of partnerships with with real people doing real jobs in the industries that your students hope to go into that's correct um so just get back to what the utc is so we have um, all UTCs normally have a an industry sponsor and a university sponsor. So our our sponsor um, is Global Media, um, hence the name Global Academy. The 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 university sponsor is the University of Arts London. So, um, but part of that is is you know the kind of university side uh, promoting um, degrees degrees in the creative industries. And then the other side is, is promoting, you know, apprenticeships and into work. So far more emphasis as a school into the world of, of work rather than in, in a lot of mainstream schools would be the emphasis would be far more university um, heavy. So your 14 and 15 year olds, as well as doing English, maths and science, could do a digital creative course in the art uh, lesson in the afternoon they could yeah. do a sound design in the the following morning it's a it's a regular timetable but with some added more focused extra lessons that will give them the leg up yeah what we've what we've found is that um you know as as schools are are changing and, and you know I, as i said i've been a head of a, a sort of mainstream school before coming to global is the curriculum has been narrowed so we we um, have a sort of specialist curriculum outside. So although you know a lot, lot of lot of things that are similar um, to other schools, you know quality of teaching assessment, we are able to um, put far more emphasis on the creative subjects, which many mainstream schools have moved away from because they don't fit into the performance tables. So that's one of the exciting things about about global is. And I think why some students come is because they find that their, their current schools have narrowed their curriculum. So a student can come to us and do maths, English, science, and then they get about five hours a week working on the UAL level two qualification. So they can get some time in audio, some, stuff, some time in um, digital web design, uh, illustrator, the whole, the whole kind of Adobe suite they get taught. 
time in studios, something that, and, it's, and they get real time to do it, not, not as a sort of add-on. And John, see, big question, is this the future of learning or does it depend on the pupil? Um, I think that, I think at the current time, there, there, there has to be some, you know, big questions about, about education and, uh, you know, around assessment. You know, you'll know that the currently, they, because of the, the current uh, circumstances, all, all exams have been um, cancelled this year. So we are moving towards a kind of teacher prediction, centre prediction, which we feel, I feel, is probably more valid than you know, students getting tested at the end of their of their end of their time. You know, we 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 constantly are um, tracking students' progress. Um, you know, seeing how they're getting on. We and and, and actually, in, in the creative industries, you don't get an exam to see how good you are. It's about the product. It's about how it works with the client, the brief. It's all those things that are far more important. So, and I, I think it is. I think it has to be delivered and I think this is why organizations like UTCs have been set up you know these are and these are tech you know um, technically um, focused so learning the skills behind the creative media. And how many UTCs roughly are there in the UK? I think there's around 40. Okay. Uh, lots of different the, specialisms. Yeah and it's that kind of it's the balance between stuff that's applied, I suppose, some yeah. stuff that's specialist and applied. Um, I suppose from a global academy perspective, is it working? I mean, how, how long have you been around? You've been around, is it four years now, or have I got that horribly wrong? <laughs> the academy was opened in, in September 2016, okay. so the end of our fourth year. Yeah. Uh, I've been the head uh, for two years. Um, Oh, I would say it is working. The, the, the kind of successes that we have seen um, on what we, what, what the vision was, was to get our graduates actually into the industry has, has been really good. Um, obviously, there's, you know, there's a bit of concern this, this year because of the creative industries. I mean, like, like all industry, this has, will take a hit, but um, we, we are hoping that it will pick up. Um, and students have actually been very good online, so, you know, creating online content. And actually, it, it has shown a, a, a real kind of gap in the market for, you know, a, a lot of virtual work, um, especially within education. So, yeah. Let's, foc yeah, let's focus, good. before we go back to kind of successes, let's yeah. focus on how it's, how it's worked during lockdown. Because we speak in week eight, of lockdown in the UK, as you've referenced already. Yeah. And right now we have seen, depending on your politics, quite a, a nasty kind of almost attacking sensibility towards teachers. Let's yeah. part the politics. Yeah. Let's focus on operational stuff. I mean, did, did kids want to carry on showing up to college? Did you go before the government? How did you choose which technology tool? Were you a Zoom or a Teams or a Blue Jeans type? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? How yeah. how do you go from having loads and loads of pupils come into the same place every day to running an online learning? And and what are the lessons you've learned? Well, um, if you go back, probably about maybe two weeks before the, the lockdown, we started getting a, a feeling that things were moving quite rapidly, 
um, we were looking for for advice and guidance really from sort of DFE. Um, you could start seeing students not wanting to come on the train. I mean, a UTC in London, um, students come on on public transport, so you could start to get things. So we already started to create and put more um, resources on our online platform. We, we use a, a, a an edge, uh, something called Canvas where we can upload uh, work and students access it from home. So we already started to to investigate that, and and, and likewise we we did some work around you know students access when they're off off and, and not in school you know who has laptops who has access so we we prepared a lot of laptops for students to take off this is long before the government sort of announced that they would maybe give some laptops out so you could you could see it already happening i suppose as a media school we we're already up and running more um so we use as i say canvas so we're using um some some staff are using um uh, online lessons actually delivering lessons through zoom um, we i use a range actually it's funny you mentioned blue jeans global use uh blue jeans for the conference that's why i said it actually yeah <laughs> i was so, aware yeah yeah um as a media team we've been using teams um for our sort of um our curriculum meetings and my my uh, you know i had a senior leadership team meeting this morning that was on zoom so you know that's been quite interesting to see which ones work and which ones don't and is it a different skill to teach on on teams or on zoom than it is to teach in the classroom i i think there is actually um and i've seen there was a science teacher and they had, what, what was different what was different is is if you're teaching in a classroom you you've got interaction with students they ask questions they put their hands up there if, if you're doing virtually they've been having to use the chat function. Of course, that takes two people. So one teacher teaching and another teacher looking at the chat and make, you know, so when students are asking questions, they are then can sort of ask the teacher. So, yeah, you know, I think how the world has changed in this is that uh, there needs to probably be a bit more training for how we move forward. Because I, I've always seen online, um, learning as something that can help those disadvantaged students or students who are you know a persistent absentee for health reasons that don't catch up in school it's something that we could really build on i think um on the kind of the lesson plan i mean i speak from experience my son who's eight i mean his teacher has kind of pivoted from a in-classroom conversation to she now my little boy friend downloads assignments he then uploads them back up to teams so so yeah he's he's adapted the teaching staff have adapted and it's been an incredible movement as well i mean do you think there's any lasting legacy of this lockdown period that will have a wider effect on how how children and teenagers are educated in the uk forever i as, as, as mentioned i think that some of those um some of those things have got in in the way of students progressing say health mm. conditions things like that um you know out of control of students um students who are having anxiety about going to schools um you know i think this this could be the way forward that we we continue to do this and also we continue to i mean I've, we've we've been doing or developing quite a quite a lot of online courses and 
sort of say science demonstrations before the lockdown and it was part of what I expected the school to look like well, what's different about teaching English math and science in a media-based school so it's something that we've been investigating already John see, I want to talk about the relationship with global if you like because yeah. I'm gonna level with you now I think I've said this to you before. I hope I have, and I hope you're not too cross with me. I've already said that we have a relationship and I, I'm genuinely inspired by the work that the Global Academy does. But I will be honest, I, I thought when I first came about two, maybe three years ago to the Global Academy, I think it was two years ago, I thought, what's the Global Academy gonna be? I didn't know anything about UTCs. I didn't know very much about the education space. And I thought it was gonna be a woefully cynical corporate CSR exercise from global media, those that own global radio. And I, I, I couldn't imagine when I got there that the facilities in terms of the studios are best in class. The, the classroom, the learning environment is incredible. It's a beautiful building. Um, what first question I suppose is, what a global get out of it? Why do you think they have gone into this space in such a committed and dedicated way? And the second question is, how much control do they have? Are they, are they looking for you to run a profitable business or are they looking for you to run an effective learning facility? How's, how's that work? Okay. Um, well, obviously, I, I came in two years ago. So what, I, what my understanding is the UTCs are set up to, to um, meet a gap in the technical aspects of of, of um, learning that, that hasn't been addressed in schools. So if I sort of speak a little bit more broadly, so for example, you know, you have UTCs based on engineering, computing, things like this. Global was set up because they're deemed, there was deemed to be a shortage in the technical um, support and, and those people leaving school with, with technical abilities within the, the creative and digital media which is a and we all say that the creative industries is one of the industries in this country that's continued to grow and we're very good at it so we need more skilled people going into it so that's really why it was set up uh, the vision um, and that's why global got involved in it what they're getting out of this and and i suppose this is where your, your, your thoughts are you know if, if i if i talk about my own school i was not engaged in school if i'd gone to global academy I would have been far more engaged in school. Mm. So I think that's what, what we're getting out of it. Um, in the sense that we are, we are we're giving something a bit different to the students. The long term, yeah, we're producing the new, new producers of radio, um, producers of content uh, across all, all sort of um, organizations. Um, but obviously, you know, Global have been very good in setting up an, an apprenticeship scheme. Um, so some of our students have been going there, but it's not, um, students are, you know, can, can apply to all sorts of apprenticeships or go to university. And forgive me, John, how many pupils are currently at the Global Academy? Um, on roll, currently there's 312. In September, we're expecting about 412 maybe. So it's, it's growing in popularity, definitely. 
That's great. Okay. And now then, I'm going to ask you to pick a favourite child now, which being a father <laughs> is borderline impossible. But are there any sp- particular graduates or alumni that you're incredibly proud of? Yeah, um, I would say it's difficult to pick on one or two. Um, the, the first, the, you've been into our, our building, James, and you'll see that mm. the things I put in place when I arrived, I want to look much more like a school rather than a business. So the first thing you see come in is our kind of students where they went to you know pictures of them on the wall and we changed that every yep. year so we had one pupil the, the first kind of the original graduates who who went and got the apprenticeship at, at facebook and and she's now part of their kind of graduate scheme going back out encouraging people to go into apprenticeships so really sort of face we we've got students who who were a part of the first um apprenticeships to work in in global itself who have now got positions working as producers um a young boy um who who, who says you know, things like you know we have made his childhood dream come true by 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 now he's producing um and, and getting his sort of playlist played on on radio so they're really proud but also i think there's some there's some students who who have come from schools where they haven't engaged um, and have really transformed them. So attendance, for example, you know, students with lack of attendance because they weren't engaged in the schools or, or, the, or the schools weren't meeting their needs within a very creative environment, they have flourished. So those are the kind of things that I think were sort of changing. That, that we it's, it's, it's a really good point you raise. I suppose there's got to be a number of metrics. There's someone where the pupils go on to, but if you've changed somebody's life, <laughs> if they become a different person, a more engaged person, a more enthusiastic person, that's arguably a much more important metric. Yeah, well, one of the one of the, uh, the the programs that we're really proud of is the the, the global sort of mentoring program, working with um, Creative Mentoring Network. And that's been amazing. The, the, the feedback from from both the students working with, you know, not a teacher, but uh, but someone who's working in the creative industries, has been amazing. But also the other way, for for someone who's probably been out of education for a number of years, to have that contact back with a student or or an organisation, has been has been really um, insightful for them. So of Global Academy in either the time you've been there or before you were there, do you think they've made any mistakes? Do you think there have been things that you've learned from and changed for the better? Um, I, I think I've just, I think the success was the vision of, you know, putting careers in industry led delivery. And that's where mm. working with people like you and, and other, and other professionals has, has been really, has been really good. I think at the beginning, as with new schools, there are systems that you may get wrong. Um, maybe they, you know, didn't, you know, setting up a, a media school and thinking, right, uh, everyone, all the students are going to, uh, are going to, you know, behave appropriately because we're in this new setting. That doesn't happen. You have to have, you know, some structures. What we, we, but we're very different. You know, you, you don't see, like in some, some many schools, you have lots of things about behavior and behavior. We talk about learning behaviors and professional behaviors. Mm. What would you expect to see if you were working in a media company? You know, you know, James, that when you come into the school, the, 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 there's a far more relaxedness, I feel. But relaxed, there's a rel- focused. 
there's a relaxedness, but there's a professionalism. Yeah. So, and I know this is going to make me sound like the biggest old fart in the world. And I will make sure my dad never ever hears this, particularly this edition of a podcast, because I'm starting to sound like him. But <laughs> every single one of your pupils, and I'm sure it's the best ones that you put out on display, but when they take you to the studios, they'll shake your hand, they'll look you in the eye, they'll ask a question. They are all what I would term in a maybe a slightly cynical way professional operators they've got the right personality and and seemingly they are asked the right questions and they're aware of partly how lucky they are but also partly how good they are and that's why i think is really important i think that's really i mean there's the professional expectations of of behaviors and politeness don't you know are not nothing new but it's it's we 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 lead it through this is what you will see if you go to, you know, global, you know, global in Leicester Square, look at yeah. how people respond to one another. You know, there's, there's no shouting or this, and it's really interesting. And, and part of our, our transition, we, we take students into the industry and show them what it's like behind the scenes uh, events, things like that, to sort of show how people work together with each other. But I think sometimes in schools, you're kind of told to do things because that's the rules. Um, yeah. And it's not necessary. You know, I, I want to ask two question. more questions in this yeah. section, John. See, the first one is almost a, a, we've kind of covered it, but the, the industry bit that's at the heart of the Global Academy, led by the partnerships bit led by your colleague, JJ, is second to none. I mean, yeah. some of the experiences that your pupils do, whether it be, trips to Hollywood, whether it, do you know what I mean? Whether it, it's yeah. just incredible. And that is the kind of, that's what elevates it to an even higher level, isn't it? It's the industry partnerships and the understanding that what I love about your facility is that there's an understanding of commerce as well as creativity. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, you know, the, the course that we, we run at Post 16 has the, the industry element and that's really important. Um, we that's our vision when we tell parents this is what we're you know we, we're very clear we, we're not going to give you a job we're not going to get you a job we're not going to get you these but we'll give you as much help as possible and a kind of foot up if, if in a way that you wouldn't get somewhere else and that's and that then that's that's obvious um, what we do say and maybe it's my what I'll say at the end is is for students is about that professionalism that kind of learning from others listening you you can get out what you, you you put in don't you in this yeah sort of world well a big question to end this bit because yeah. i'm keen to talk about the wider role of education and it yeah. might sound trite but how important is the role of education in a child's life <laughs> well it's it's really it's I mean, without sort of, you know, referring to the kind of sort of adverts on TV, you are, you are changing. You, you can be a life changer um, in education. And, and I think we've all got, you know, I've got, um, you know, I've got a book on my shelf with some, you know, some drawings that a young boy did. And I remember teaching him and giving him confidence to get his work published and do things like that. And you can have that. It was really important, and you know, my children have been to education. You know, my both my children were well, they were at university until the university shut. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and they and they do talk very fondly about the some of some of the teachers and 
the experience they've had. And you've got to remember that in this country, you know, the students go to school at such an early age, such long periods of time, that we are going to be very, very influential. And I suppose the only other thing that I would ask for this bit, and maybe we'll come on to it in our final section, is there's, I think that one thing that may have changed the entire world right now as a result of COVID-19, as a result of the lockdown, is maybe people are focused focusing on things that really matter more. We've seen this, I broadly think this audience is made up of media, marketing, tech people, that, those sort of people that have an effect on youth culture. We've seen a, we saw the FT journalist Lucy Kellaway a few years ago convert to being a teacher and now set up a, an organisation that helps people make that transition. Big question, would you recommend it to our listeners? <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, I think that the education landscape has changed more. Um, I think traditionally, and I'm not one of those traditional people that would have gone, you know, GCSEs, A-level, university, school. You know, I sort of veered around a bit. But I think that's more like life now. And I think in the creative industries, that's, that's, you kind of, it's, not a, it's not a one line, is it? You, you know, two destinations may veer up. And I, and I definitely will tell will tell people who are, you know, I've got a friend of mine who, who used to work in, in county and IT. I thought, and I said, you, you're an amazing role model. You could be a brilliant maths teacher, things like that. And he hadn't really thought about it. I think mm. now they are. I think people are thinking about it. Um, and, and also at Global, is we, we look for teachers, yeah, qualified teachers, but we also look for the people who work in the industry who are, who'd be good teachers as well, because it's very difficult to teach something like audio if you haven't worked, for example, in a, in a radio company or a radio studio. So we look for a real variety of those expectations. The, the only thing that, that runs through is that absolute passion and that enthusiasm that I, I always look for in, 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 in staff. So I'm still here with John T. Archibald, who's the principal of the Global Academy. We've covered John T's background. We've learned a bit about the Global Academy and, and indeed the wider role of education in young people's lives. I now want to get to the actionable insights, the takeaways, the things that we as listeners and me as the presenter can take away and get from our guest, the, the guest's rocket fuel, if you like. John T, let's start with a deliberately broad yeah. question. What do you know about young audiences? <laughs> I always find this difficult because I'm sort of in my 50s, but I suppose I am around, you, you know, young audiences all the time. Um, I, I think it's, um, the, you know, short attentions, short, um, so, so the work that we, we get them to produce, you know, keep it, keep it snappy. Um, and, and students like to be involved they, you know, I suppose that goes back to the applied learning at Global. They like to be involved and not just talked to. Um, so we've kind of been adapting lots of sort of marketing for the Global Academy, interactive ideas, especially at the current time, um, getting students to producing marketing content and, and getting involved with, with our own story. Because um, it's, it, to me, it's, it's, it's their academy. Um, uh, other things we've kind of changed i mean during the sort of lockdown we've changed our guest speaker program um we've gone to instagram short 20 minute kind of 
um, chats with people from the industry, presenters, that sort of thing. Whereas when we're at the global, we, we get people in and they maybe do an hour talk, you know, in front yeah. of them. It's, I think we find it's very different when you've not got someone actually sitting in front of you or taking questions. So, so we've, we've changed that to, to meet the young audience. That's very interesting. Um, we live in an age, John C, where marketers are forever talking about things like brand purpose and, yeah. and almost, what do you think is important to young people? I think it's something that, um, if I sort of think about other schools, lots of schools kind of create a sort of glossy comms to attract parents. And but while that's important, we, we try and act like a youth brand in the digital marketing. So again, it's, it's for, for, for young people, it's something that they can relate to. Um, also, if, you know, something that students love to express themselves. One of the benefits of being a media school is we provide sort of creative outlook, outlets to explore, you know, tell a story. And, and we've started to see during this period some really great production and content that, that students have been able to express. Um, what do you think has changed about how youth behave and what do you think is going to change next? Um, I, th I think young people really care about their, their, their future. There's a real importance about knowing what the next stage in their life is and how to get there. Um, and I think it's quite, quite interesting for, sort of, for that brand to move forward. Um, you know, as, as, a, as a, you know, we've, we've put a lot of sort of things and projects online for students to be doing. But what I think is really what's been fascinating, students have been finding their own individual uh, things that have been brought up uh, in yeah. these circumstances. So then discovering it has almost added to the passion. If it's, if it's originated from them, then they can, they want to co-create, if you like. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They want to, they, they want to um, not, be, not be too directed. I think and, time has given them a, an opportunity. And again, John, to your point, I mean, we, as a business, we work with quite a few universities and you're quite right about having different, almost different content and different communication to the kids, to the prospective students and to the parents. I think you, they want different things, don't they? Yeah, they do. they do. Who do you think gets it right and who do you think gets it wrong when, <laughs> um, when either talking in the education space or wider communications with youth audiences? Um, I mean, I never thought I'd say this as a head teacher. Um, you know, but my, you know, marketing lead, you know, JJ, has always encouraged me to watch the you know, like TikTok. Because, um, you know, it's something I, I wouldn't. And I, I think they get it right. The, the platform has been so easy to be creative, provides tools and, and functionality to develop creative output. You know, it's really taken, a, it's taken away that, that idea that you have to be a professional to sort of create some really interesting content. And what do you think the lessons are there? A, of course, TikTok is a bubble that's getting ever bigger, but also yeah. just it, it, it's the short form nature, it's the creativity, it's the adaptability, it's the personal. Yeah, I, I think it's just right that, that, that people have been able to, to, to see how storytelling and the, the human sort of aspect has, has formed so much of everyone's brand at this time, rather than being dictated to. It's, uh, I, I, think, I, I think everyone has been you know, taken on board that. 
John's here. I'm going to bring our chat to a close, but I okay. would like to ask you two more questions. Um, yeah. The first one is one takeaway for everybody listening. Just one, if you like, one either nugget that we have covered or one that you think, oh, we should have spoken about that. And finally, I'd love you to tell us a bit about what's in the future for the Global Academy. What are your plans for next? Okay. Um, as, as mentioned before, I, I think... Um, you take out what you put in. So we're always telling students to be constantly looking for opportunities, constantly scanning their emails. Uh, you know, try everything. You know, don't, don't write anything off before you try it. And I hear that, so stay determined and, and put lots in. What, what's next for the Global Academy, John C? Well, currently at the moment, obviously, we're, we're just trying to follow the kind of government guidelines about reopening and, um, and, and, and all that. So that's what I'm sort of currently working on. We will be developing the kind of more individual online sort of teaching. Um, so we get, so students get more individual feedback, things. If this is going to go on for, for, for the next few weeks, we'll, we'll need to sort out that game. Moving forward you know moving into our at the end of our fourth year that that would have been our sort of third a lot of graduates going out it's about looking at and, and this is where it's really interesting you've mentioned the industry board we have is going back to the industry board and seeing how this this has changed where industry thinks um we need to be focusing as well uh, is there any big seismic changes learn and, and learning from this um because that, that will affect you know, our careers and our, and our industry um, delivery. Um, for us, it's about growing the kind of, the kind of brands of success. You know, we've, we've hit some really good um, um, bits where we have you know, got students into graduate positions and now got jobs, good university you know, places, got you know, good Ofsted, which was, you know, is, is, is a good marker for us that we're doing everything right. It's about building that and, and, and continuing to get the kind of the right students that want to be passionate about what we do at Global Academy. John T, I can't thank you enough for taking time out um, to, to chat to us and to chat to the listeners. It's been fascinating. And maybe this is an insight that as, as marketing, media, tech people, we don't get to hear from the, from the educators, from the people that are talking to... Uh, to teenagers every single day of their working lives so it's been really really useful thank you john t where can people find out more about you or find out more about the global academy yeah well firstly can i just thank you james as well because obviously you've you've, you've you've given your time as well to come in and talk to our students which is what we want from media people to come in um you can find out more on our website um uh, globalacademy.com um we have a very i have a very high presence on on instagram and so if you sort of Google me on, on Twitter or Instagram or the Global Academy, we're on all, as you would imagine, all the social media platforms. Um, and, you know, and we can just contact us directly as well at the info at globalacademy.com. And to be clear, John T, just because this may help help you, uh, you would welcome people getting in touch with the Global Academy from a media or marketing background that think that they could they could help your pupils in some way yeah they either they they could help us or we could help them so that is john t archibald 
from the Global Academy. He's the principal of the Global Academy, so part teaching, part organising. I should do a bit of a shout out here to um, JJ, who also works at the Global Academy, is kind of our contact at the Global Academy, and is an all-round thoroughly good egg. So, um, so yes, and I know he listens too. I would also just like to urge you to share this podcast with anybody that you think will get something out of it. Leave us a nice review wherever you get your podcasts. It does help. And tune in next week for more Rocket Fuel. This is a Rocket Audio production.